Developing Tomorrow's Leaders is a podcast that is all about educating, supporting, and inspiring the next generation of leaders. Your host, Antoine Thompson, or Coach T, has over 35 years' experience of educating, supporting, inspiring, and enhancing the lives of many young men and women. Join him as he talks with business owners, educators, coaches, athletes, and others when they share their insight, experience, and passion for developing tomorrow's leaders. In this episode, Coach T talks with Brendan Kumarasamy. Brendan is the founder of Master Talk. He coaches ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industry. He also has a popular YouTube channel called Master Talk, with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Here is your host, Antoine Thompson. Good afternoon, Brendan. How are you doing today? And I appreciate you joining me on Development Tomorrow's Leaders. Hey, the pleasure is absolutely mine, Coach D. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to jump right in. Every time I turn around, I see you on a podcast and I've been watching uh, your master talks on YouTube because you have a YouTube channel. And the first thing I want to ask you is how did you get into teaching people about public speaking? Yeah, absolutely, brother. So it all started when I was in college. I went to business school and while other guys my age were playing basketball or baseball or rugby, I wasn't doing that. I was doing professional sports for nerds, which was presentations. And that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, Coach D, I started coaching a lot of the younger people, a lot of the students on how to communicate ideas. Not because I wanted to be a coach, because the alternative they had was a rock. So they went with me. That's how I learned how to help people. And then later in my career, I had the idea for a master talk because I realized that everything that I was teaching those students wasn't really available for free on the internet. So I started making YouTube videos on communication and then it led into a executive coaching practice later. And you love it, obviously. Oh yeah, life is awesome. Super, super. I, I really learned in the last few years that coaching is really my calling, Antoine. You know, it's really what I want to do in life and I'm glad I found that early. Yeah, I'm with you 100%, Brendan, because that's exactly why I do it. I know I love it. And it didn't take, it took me a while to figure out it was my calling. I loved it. Sometimes it takes some of us a little bit longer than it normally does. So, my next big question is this was for me too, because the first thing I thought about when I brought, uh, wrote this question down was uh, public speaking and the fear of public speaking, because I was in a college course and it was a public spe- uh, speaking course. And I was terrified during my first presentation. And so I wanted to ask you right up front is what is everyone's biggest fear or what are your few biggest fears that people have about public speaking? Absolutely, Antoine. So so let's talk about that in the context of because I know you mentioned you wanted to speak more to a younger demographic today. So let's break this down. Here's the punchline. The fault is not yours. It is the fault of the class that you were in. Let me explain. Where do we learn how to speak, Antoine? Where we learn how to speak is school. That's where we learn, all of us. But all of those presentations have three fundamental problems. One, all of them are mandatory. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, hey, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody says that, Antoine. That's one. Two, all of those presentations are different. So it's never what are you passionate about. Do you like basketball? Do you like coaching, Antoine? No, you got to talk about Shakespearean poetry. 
and then the history of Missouri. But you're like, I don't live in Missouri. What do I have to give this person? So none of that makes any sense. And then the third piece, which is the worst thing in the world, Antoine, is all of those presentations are mandatory. So, I mean, not, not mandatory, I already said that, are punishable. So if you don't do a great job, not only do you not get a pat on the back, you get a slap in the face and you lose 25% of your grade. So the conclusion is we grow up believing that communication is a chore, so it becomes one since nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. Brendan, now we know why you do what you do. That makes absolute sense as you break it down that simple <laughs> my mentoring program is is has three components simplicity effort and attitude and simplicity is always the, the key to getting through to anything true a hundred percent especially when i was coaching kids i spent a lot less time these days doing that but when i started my career i spent a lot of time with five-year-olds seven-year-olds nine-year-olds and it wasn't for money antoine i wanted to understand this fundamental question, where does the fear of communication begin? And what I realized is when I was giving exercise to the five-year-olds, they didn't really care that much. They said, yeah, I'll just do it. But then when they were nine or 10 or 11, they had a lot of judgment. They go, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Why is this? So it's interesting to see that transition over time, but also coaching them forced me to simplify my thought leadership as well. No, it makes total sense. And it, yeah, that's just that progression of as kids get older, things become more of a task. And then when it becomes more of a task, then that's when they resist more, correct? Yeah. 1000%. Yeah. So now I want to ask you about the advantages and benefits of becoming a good or great public speaker. For sure, Coach T. Here's what I would say communication is not just about getting a better job or getting the next promotion at work or growing our business. It's the way that we talk to our families. It's the way that we make new friends. It's the way that we order food at a restaurant and make the waiter feel, wow, I was having a really terrible day. And then I talked to Antoine and now I feel great about myself. Communication is about leading a fulfilling life. So the question I ask everyone to help them figure out what's their reason, because for all of us, it's different. Some people want to be a better mother for their children, so they want to learn communication. Other people want to be massive thought leaders. Other people want to grow businesses. But the fundamental question today is how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Really spend some time thinking about that question, because it's one we never ask, because we dream about our vacation, the expensive things we want to buy, all these great things, Antoine, but we don't dream about a world in which we're a better communicator in it. So we need to start. Oh, that makes absolute sense because the more I'm on podcast and the more I do this and I talk about my passion, which is developing tomorrow's leaders, everything becomes easier. Going back to your first points about making it mandatory. It's not mandatory. This is what I choose to do. So I choose to do it and I spend the time and the focus and the practice and the effort to get better at it because I know I'm passionate about it and I have a message that I want to get out. So I spend the time doing it. Another reason I want to have you on because I'm also stealing tips that I'm going to use to get better, even though you already offer it for free. Why not have you on? And this is even better, right? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. So here's the part that I really want to get you on. This is going to be great, Brendan, because I know you already have an encyclopedia up here and you can run through it all. 
but I would love for you to share with our audience some of the exercises that you give people. And I've seen some of them and they're great exercises. Some of them you're kind of like, that doesn't make sense. But then when you, I hear you say, it's like, it makes sense. And I've tried a couple of them and I'm like, holy cow, this guy knows what he's talking about. I should have him on my podcast. And here you are. <laughs> Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. And one thing I'll add is I think the reason that I was able, because that's a lesson too. The reason I'd be able to develop this encyclopedia is because I always believe that I'm not done writing it yet. I never drink my own Kool-Aid. You know, the reason why I do so many podcasts is there's always something I can learn from the host that I'm not doing in my game. Oh, maybe I can do a, a basketball analogy with public speaking. Oh, I should focus more on this or that. Oh, the kids won't relate too much to presentation. What if I make it about sports? And it's actually through a lot of sports coaches, as an example, Antoine, that I built up the following analogy that I think will really resonate with your audience, which is the following. When we were kids and we played basketball or sports, let's say as young boys, the reason we grow up loving the game the reason we grew up watching it is because all of those memories are positive, right? So for example, if you're shooting hoops with your friends on the parking lot or on the road, it doesn't really matter if you miss 70% of the shots or 90% of the shots. It doesn't, it, nobody cares. But what if I hit you in the head with a basketball every time you missed? Would you grow up loving basketball? Probably not. Yet that's exactly what we're doing with every children in the world with not with basketball it's with presentations every time you miss i'll hit you with the basketball except the basketball is not an actual basketball they're throwing at them it's their self-esteem it's bringing their grades down it's comparing themselves to other students in the classroom rather than celebrating the outcome i'm uh, sorry the action versus the actual outcome but i only came up with that analogy because i talked to more people like you and that's what helps me keep sharpening up my game so yeah side note before we get into the exercises no, no, I love, no, no, that's great. This is why I have the conversation because I'm, I agree with you hundred percent. I learned something from every guest that I have on here. And it's amazing communication, going back to your point about the, the importance of communication. Life uh, is a learning process from the time we're born until the time we leave this earth. And for me and for you and everybody else, if we aspire to grow, then that means we aspire to learn. And then we do that through communication. And it's both verbal and nonverbal communication, which I'm sure that's some of the exercise stuff you're going to share also. So I'll hand it over to you, Brendan. Please share. Absolutely. So the way that I think about this, Coach T, is that communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. So one of those balls is body language, storytelling, smiling, vocal tone variety. But because there's so many balls, it gets really confusing for people. Because if you try and juggle all those 18 balls in the air, all of them just fall right back down to the ground. So the natural question to that becomes, what is the easiest ball to juggle? Because that's the one that we should start with. It helps us bring us momentum and get the result we're looking for. And for us, the first ball is what I call the random word exercise. Pick a random word like salt shaker, like pepper, like hairstyle, like wall, and give a random presentation out of thin air. And the reason this is so effective is because, Coach T, it helps us think on our feet. And it helps us think on our feet really quickly. And the other reason is because if you can make sense out of nonsense, you could make sense out of anything. And that's really the benefit of doing the random word exercise three to five times a day. That is interesting. Okay, I'm going to try this. 
I'm going to do it. Then we're going to do it. I want you to give me a word and I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of that word in a present, a short presentation. I, I love your leadership, Coach T. How about I start? Because I got to be the leader. So how about you throw me a word that you want? But one thing I want to drive for the audience listening is before Coach T sends me with word is he did not give me this word prior to the presentation. So I literally want you to like, don't give me like confidence. Don't give me leadership. It's too easy. Literally give me something super random that you think I wouldn't be able to do as long as I understand the word and watch me go. Okay. I'm going to use, yeah, I got one for you. Let's do um, personal responsibility. Okay, personal responsibility. Let's do it. In life, there are so many qualities that can make us successful. Eating the right salaries in the morning, doing a little run, getting our workout in, shoving a bunch of avocados, because that's the only fruit I think experts seem to agree that is actually healthy for you. But you know what the most important piece of success is, Coach T? The most important piece is personal responsibility. When you choose to take responsibility for anything that happens in your life, regardless of the circumstances, only then, my friend, will we become successful. Because the circumstances don't have feelings. They just happen in the same way that in our life, we can't choose, we can't decide all the time what those circumstances are, but we can choose how to react to them, how to take personal responsibility on regardless of what happens in our life to take action, to bring a better pastor for the people in our lives and to lead as the leaders were meant to be. So I ask all of you today, as the leaders of tomorrow, what personal responsibility are you taking for the life that you're leading? Because that's what leadership is. It's not about bossing other people around. It's about being the example that other people choose to follow. There you go. Dude, you're trying to steal my show. <laughs> By the way, brilliant. you went easy on me. I was expecting you to be like pineapple. <laughs> no, no, that was brilliant, dude. Brilliant. Nah, that is excellent. And you better give me something easy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'll give you leadership. No, no, you give me leadership. Yeah, I'll give you leadership. You gonna give? No, that's no, no. That's what I do. Give me something, something else, something more random. Not in my field. Not in my area. Not in my space. I love it, Coach. By the way, I've I've done so many podcasts. You're the first one to say I need a harder word, which I love. It really goes to show that you really embody what you teach. What's a what's a word I can give you that'll catch you off guard a little bit, but it isn't too bad. How about I give you sleep? Sleep. Hmm. Okay. Sleep. <sighs> Energy. Drive aspirations achieving those requires a lot of energy and a lot of focus and you can have none of that if you don't have enough rest and enough sleep we all want to go day after day hour after hour chasing our aspirations and our dreams without taking the time to listen to our bodies. And a lot of times our bodies are telling us, hey, you need rest, you need sleep. But your mind is saying, I'll get it later. I got to go chase this dream. And you may reach that dream, but you may not fulfill it the way you want because you won't have the energy 
to satisfy that effort and energy. So my message to you is take the time, listen to your body, get the rest, because chasing your dreams will require energy. And I want you to have all the energy to enjoy the success you have when you reach the top. I love that, man. Excellent. Great job. Great job. I struggle a little bit through it, but I like that. That's a great challenge. And and by the way, I'm so glad you did it, Coach T, because that conversation is important. You know, everyone listening to this podcast, take Coach T as the example to follow, not me. Why? Because I've done the random word exercise 3,000 times. It's not good to compare yourself to me. Whereas what you showcased today, Antoine, is what it actually means to do the exercise, which is the following. We do not get points on how well we do the random word exercise. I tell my clients this all the time. We get points on how many times we're willing to do it. And what you showcase today is that you're willing to do it. And that's the key. It's not about, like in basketball, it's not about saying, okay, what's your technique? What's your form? Are you actually dribbling the ball? Are you actually focusing on the foundations? And that's the same analogy for communication. You know what's funny? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to practice that same word, like you said, over and over till you perfect that word. And I think that's obviously what you want people to do is take away a little bit. Like when I go back and replay this, I'm going to cut that piece out and I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to keep practicing it, come back to it and go like, yeah, that sounded like the first time I played drums. It was awful. But then years later, you play and it's like, hey, you got better. You practice. Practice makes permanent, not perfect is what I believe. I love that. The only thing I would change, Coach T, but I completely agree with that, is actually the first hundred words, because I'm glad you mentioned that. I would encourage you to pick a different word for all of them, because it actually makes it way harder. But then if you want, which I love, it's actually a follow-up. That's literally the insight I just learned from you that I, I should probably coach on is when you get to number 100 then you can go back to the words that you started with and see if you can give a better version of that same word i think that's actually great I, that's like a million dollar insight for me i'll definitely add yeah. that in one of my videos uh, now i only say that because whenever i uh, do something new and i struggle at it i never want to just leave it because i'm like i know i can do that better i know that i can do that better so that's one of the reasons i mentioned it and it's how i i guess you would say how i coach and mentor if you will but please another another uh, exercise for us Absolutely. This absolutely. is great. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. And thanks for being the guinea pig as well. So that's ball number <laughs> one. What's ball number two? Ball number two is question drills. We get asked questions all the time, Coach T, in our life, whether it's at work, at school, on the basketball court, our referees are yelling at us, right? We're always getting asked questions on a podcast, but most of us are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive, meaning we wait for the question to come and we say, oh, that's a good question. I don't really think about it. So we're not proactive. I'm guilty as charged, by the way. By the way, if I'm teaching something, it's because I made the mistake. It's not because I'm perfect here. It's because I made the mistake 50 times. So I don't want you to make it. So three years ago when I started guesting on podcasts, I wasn't even close to what I am right now. Like not even... It's not even night. It's a night and day difference. Somebody asked me the funniest question that I wasn't prepared for. Looked at me and said, where does the fear of communication come from, Brendan? And I looked at him and I panicked a little and said, Los Angeles, San Diego. <laughs> I wasn't really sure. Right. So obviously now I tell you a great story about the education system on what's wrong with it. But at the beginning, I didn't know that stuff. I kind of figured it out over time. So what does that mean? After that day, I chose to be more proactive. 
So every single day for five minutes, write down one question you think the world will ask you about your expertise, about your products, about your service, about who you're being and why you're doing what you do every single day. And if you do that five minutes a day, one question a day, you'll have answered 365 questions about your expertise in a year and you'll be bulletproof. That's crazy because, and this is so ironic. This happened to me yesterday. I was on a podcast with a group of people and the host had a question for us at the end. This was the question. You're on a mountaintop and there is a crowd of people coming up that mountaintop to hear your message. What is your message to those people when they get to you? And I was like, you deer in headlights, not a question I'm expecting, but because I wasn't proactive, you think if you think about it, I focus on leading young people. So I should have been prepared, been more proactive because that's a question that I should have been ready to answer right away. And one thing I want to emphasize, Coach, is it's not your fault because nobody – like people are – like you, you're doing it super well in leadership because there's a lot of people who are doing that. But no one's actually creating that same level of accountability in communication. That's why I felt that's such something so important to share because if you had known that three years ago, you probably would have been doing it. It's just a matter of knowing. But now that you have that awareness, like everyone listening to this – and everyone listening is you have a gift, right? You get to learn that super young. So, so right. implement that and you'll be better than most people in your industry for sure. So the third ball is video messages. Make a list of people that you love and send them video messages. So if you're somebody and you have a coach like Coach T, send them a video message just showing them how much you appreciate them about life. And the reason I coach like tone is probably like ball nine or so, which we can, of course, talk about. But the sure. reason is because the video message is actually easier to implement than vocal tone varieties. So I would start with those three things. So what's the message, which is ball four? The best way to speak is to speak. So for everyone listening to this podcast, before we jump into tones that Antoine's, Antoine's going to ask me about, I want all of you to book 15 minutes in your calendar right now, every single day, to do the random word exercise five minutes a day, to do the question drill five minutes a day and to send a few video messages five minutes a day. Because if we're not willing to do that, we are not going to be able to master our vocal tones. That is for sure. That is brilliant. And I've just made a mental note because here's the craziest thing about that. Sometimes we know, but we don't know really until we hear it. Because what you just shared is something that should be part of my daily routine, but it isn't but it, it will be. And I already know how quickly that's going to improve my speak, my public speaking skills, but not only that, but learning more about what I do and being better at what I do. 1000%. And I'll prove it to you, Antoine, and then we'll jump into tones. Everyone's got 15 minutes and I'll, and I'll prove it to you through one simple argument. You already spent 22 listening to this podcast. So you definitely got 15 minutes. It's just a question of, are you using it to actually make yourself better? So now with that said, let's jump into tone. So to keep tone super simple today, Antoine, there's three different tones, high, speaking, and low. So high just means to showcase optimism. So let's say it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Antoine, versus, hey, um, yeah, so happy birthday. I hope you had a great day. And like, it just doesn't, right? it doesn't work. It like, doesn't make any sense. So high vocal tones are generally used to project optimism, celebratory things. Like things are positive. 
Low vocal tones is more somber. Things are a lot harder. I was in a war and it ruined my life. Something like that. Versus going, I was in a war and it ruined my life. That makes absolutely no sense. Right? So we need to match the tone with the event. But the one thing that we need to know, Antoine, is that the best communicators on the planet use all three tones at the same time. I call this the roller coaster of emotion. So what you'll notice, for those of you who are really paying attention to how my voice moves, I never stay in the same tone ever. So when I go leadership, I don't go leadership is this and how you become successful. I do leadership is about being successful. Notice I'm going up and down and up and down. Once again, a bit too advanced for today, but something to keep in mind. No, no, it's good. No, it's great. And I, I by the way, I did. I've noticed that the entire time that your inflection is going up, down, up and down. And, and I know when, when you're emphasizing certain, certain words and that comes from practice, practice, because you can sit there and, and do a presentation and you may think that there's one word that you really want to get across and you get really loud on that. And then you go back down to your low voice the rest of the time. And yeah, I really want you to aspire you know, to be great and then to do focus and do this thing and aspire <laughs> to achieve. And people are like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that there's a message in that, that you have to practice and know when. And this all gets to also about how you captivate an audience and how you keep an audience. And those inflections and tones are how you do that, correct? You got it. And and since we're having this conversation, one thing I'll emphasize, that's why it's hard to share in a podcast is because all of our voices are different. So for you, high vocal tones is not my high vocal tones because for me, highs is 20% higher than how you normally speak. So how I normally speak is probably your high vocal tones, probably, right? right. So it's not you going high vocal tones. That makes no sense. That's too high, but just showing that inflection. But low doesn't mean low. It means low, high, low, right? So the key is really just to practice that nuance and get somebody else to just give you feedback on how your voice sounds. But once again, my easy threes are a lot easier to implement, hence why they're the first three balls in the book. So if you're not doing that, you shouldn't worry about tones. You're not ready for it yet, but you can build right. your way up to it. Absolutely. So I'll just ask you if you have one other that you think is really important that you'd want to share. 100%. Let's just recap. Ball one is the random word exercise. Ball two is the question drill. Ball three is the video message. Ball four is more of a warning ball. It's like, hey, the best way to speak is to speak. Don't move forward until you've, you've actually done the first three balls. So I'm happy to give you a hint as to what the other next five are, though I think people struggle implementing this. But basically, five, six, seven, eight, nine are is a strategy I teach clients called the five levels of speech. Okay, so let me go really slowly here so I don't lose people. So random word exercise is ball one. Vi question drills is ball two. Video messages is ball three. The best way to speak is to speak is ball four. Ball five is smiling. Are you smiling enough? Right? Ball six is removing all of your filler words. Remember, one ball at a time. You don't move forward until the, the ball is mastered. Have you removed all of your vocal tone, your your ums and ahs from your speech, which means pausing essentially. That's what ball six is. Because you repl you replace your ums and ahs with silences. That's how you get rid of them. Ball seven is vocal tone variety. Ball eight is pacing. And ball nine is put it all together. And then we go to yeah. 10 to 18. Yeah, the uhs and the 
Yeah, filler words. Filler words is what people have a lot of trouble with. And part of it, I know when I started doing podcasts, I always felt like, okay, there can't be a break in there. I got to keep talking, got to keep talking. But in normal conversations, there are pauses in conversations. So you have to mentally prepare yourself for, for that aspect of the communication in the back and forth. And going back to your point, even if there's a question that's posed to you, I have to allow time for you to digest the question and then also to answer the question. I think most people always expect an immediate answer when you're having a conversation. 1000%. And and the other piece that I'll add as a nuance is why do we say ums and ahs? I think that context would be helpful. The reason is because we buy time to figure out what we want to say next. So let's say you ask me a question, Coach T. What most people do is they go, uh, um, mm, uh, yeah, so here's my answer. So we use filler words to buy time. But the question now becomes, what do exceptional communicators do differently? Because they're not smarter than us. They obviously have to buy time. They're, you can't possibly have the answer to everything unless you've done like 10,000 question drills. But there's still, there's still something you won't know the answer to. Even, even for me to this day, there's a lot of things I don't know, obviously. So instead... We still buy time. We just don't say I'm an ah. We just pause. And then we answer the question. And that's the difference. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> the pause. I love it. And I and I caught you, right? So the last thing I want to ask you about it, and this is the nonverbal part. How facial expressions help in your communication? Absolutely. And I'm glad that you said facial expression specifically, Antoine, because I think body language for most people is a distraction, which is controversial in my industry because some people are just body language experts, which is cool. I learned a lot from them. But I think body language is more like – except for facial expression. Facial expression is actually the exception to that rule. And the reason is because a lot of us don't really make mistakes with our body language that much. It's like, oh, should I move around? No, just stay in place. If you haven't done, if you haven't removed your ums and ahs, why do you need to walk around the stage? Just stay in one place. Same thing with the arms. Do I need to do this? Do I need to do this? Do I need to move my arm? No, just keep your hands next to each other and get rid of your filler words. So for the most part, I think body language is a distraction. It's more the icing on the cake rather than the actual cake. But facial expressions is really important. And I obviously can't show this through audio, so I'll show this through video. So for those of you who are watching the video right now, I'm showing Antoine me smiling two different versions, and he'll tell me how big of a difference this is. So watch my face really carefully, Antoine, where I do this version one, and I'm listening to you, versus where I smile tiny, and I'm listening. Notice how the effort is minimal between both of those versions, Antoine, but it makes like a world of difference. So for me, facial expressions is two main things. The Actually, it's three main things. The first one is that slight smile for my introverts who don't want to show their teeth. Just move it a little bit. It'll make all the difference. The second piece of, of facial expressions is from time to time, open your eyes a little bit more than you otherwise would, or your face will look frozen. And the third piece to facial expressions is your eyebrows. Don't keep your eyebrows in the same place the entire time. If you really pay attention to my eyebrows, you'll notice they actually move a lot as I'm talking. And that actually creates a more expressive face. But this is obviously super detailed. That's probably ball 10, I would say. <laughs> well, I just think it's important because I know when I've had a lot of video calls with people, 
it's one of the things I always look for when I'm having conversations or if I'm on a Zoom with a group of people. I don't know if you've been on those and you kind of look around. I'm always observant of the surroundings, whether it's virtual or in person. And for me, it speaks volumes to if the speaker has the audience's attention and even in a virtual setting. And I think that facial expressions show a lot. Body language, I'm a hand, I use my hands a lot when I talk. Always have. It's just my way of expressing myself and people have gotten used to it. And then people kind of make mock me uh, when they're imitating me and doing that. I'm like, well, that's fine. That's who I am. That's what I do. But at the same time, I just think it's facial expressions itself so much more because I could say anything I say, Brendan, this has been great. I really appreciate you being on the show with me. This has been so educational. Well, that's not very, do you, you're laughing because you don't believe that, right? Well, I mean, I believe you because I know you, but yes, most people would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, it's like, oh my God, like I'm becoming the expert. I'm not an expert. I just love it because uh, I can tell you're good at what you do because you pulled out some things from me and I've kind of taken some chances live on here and I'm not going to edit it out because I want it to be real. I want people to see your work firsthand. And I really appreciate it genuinely and for me personally, but also for our listeners. I think what would be super valuable as well is what can we do as teachers and educators to coach the next generation of kids? I think that would be super valuable because yeah, a few things that I've learned, I think is that I think nobody's really sharing publicly. So I'm happy to throw that in there. So if you're an educator, or your parent right now, there's actually three easy ways you can coach your kids for free on how to get better at communication that if we just did, we don't need the education system. So let me to, to coach this because the education system is not getting us anywhere. So the first one is the why presentation. Every time your kid or one of your students, mostly your children, come up to you and say, mom, dad, I want this. I want an Xbox. I want a video game. I want a dog. Literally, all instead of just saying no flat out, say yes and. So you say, okay, I'll consider it, but you need to create a five-minute presentation explaining why you want that thing. And what happens 80% of the time, Antoine, I've tried this all and it's worked. They actually won't do it, which means you'll save money. So I just saved you tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars over your children's life. Just keep coming back. Because if you say no, they'll re retaliate. But if you say yes, but they can't do anything. They, it's like, oh, I need to do the presentation. But 10 to 20% of the time, surprisingly, the kid will actually go with the presentation and create it. So obviously it'll depend on what the age is. You can start something simple if they're five or if they're 15, they got to they gotta bring it. They got to be really yeah. good. So that's, that's technique number one. Technique number two is integrate all of the easy threes into your family's life. Example. This is probably the, the most important thing I actually, I'll actually share today. So random word exercise, video messages, and uh, da, 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 question drills. Yeah. I struggled to get my clients to implement these things, even as their coach. So I had to be creative of figuring out how to actually force them to do this outside of our accountability system. And the strategy I came up with will definitely work. Get your kids to do it with you. Random word exercise. Give your kid the random word and have them give you one. It's a fun family exercise that you can do instead of listening to music in the car and do that instead. Also, if you're on a family trip with them, you can do that with them too. Boom. That's how you implement it. Video messages. 
Get your kids to do this too. Have your kids send video messages to their grandparents, to their family members, just telling them one thing that they're grateful for them. I've received a few of these and it warms my heart. My heart just melts, makes people's life, and it encourages the kid to keep showing up on video and for you to actually do it. Question drills. This you don't have to practice too much with your kids because kids ask us a lot of questions. Instead, what I would do is ask them really hard questions. So don't say something like, okay, kid, how is school? Level that up a little bit and say something like, what's the biggest lesson you've learned this year? And that's how you get the most out of your kids. So that's kind of my my million dollar insight. If everyone in America implemented that with their kids, my God, everyone would be grow up amazing. You said great. The last one is is so great because I actually have a program where I have what I call thought-provoking questions, questions for parents to ask their kids so that they're not, yeah, so they're not yes or no questions. You know, it's like, you know, one of is like, if you had a su one superpower, and I'll ask you this question, if you have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower. Mm. And why would you want that superpower? I would so love that's it. That's my question love... to you. No, I'm asking my... you that question. Oh, it's a question. Oh. Yeah. yeah. What is I, I think you just yeah. broke. I think you broke my question drill. I have to actually think about this. <laughs> I haven't he, he, you have That's defeated okay. me, uh, Coach yeah. T. No, I we're would trying say, to beat you. No, I know, I know. I'm messing around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, I would say the one superpower. If I could have any, yeah, I mean, any. I would probably pick immortality. That's probably really? the one. Yeah, because I, I'm a kind of a bit worried that if I die, no one's going to carry my communication legacy along forward and push the inside. So yeah, I'd wish for immortality. I'd love to live forever. What would you right. wish for? What would you have? Superpower? Yeah, what, what would you pick? Oh, mine is very simple. My superpower is the ability to make everyone love each other. Mm. Pure simple. We live in a world See, I can pick another missing. one because you picked that one, so I don't need that. Okay, one. what you got? What you got? <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying because you picked that one, I don't need nobody yeah. else in the world. So you did us all a favor. We can be selfish. Yeah, we can be. Yeah, you can be selfish now because I've got everybody taken care of. Uh, but that's a that's a one missing piece in this world. So that's that's the one power I would love to have. Now I do have one more question for you, and that is to share with us the person or persons that has been most influential for you in your life and why. Absolutely, the the most influential person in my life. There's so many, so I won't I won't go with the cliche like my mom because you can't research my mom. So so I'll say Scott Harrison. Scott's the CEO of Charity Water. It's a nonprofit. He started to help the world gain access to clean water. And the reason he's my hero is because he went from being a nightclub promoter in his 20s in New York City to building the wa the largest water charity in America. You know, Charity Water today has helped, I think it's they're at 15 million people now gaining access to clean water. He's raised 100 million the last year. But the reason I love this book, Thirst, which is his memoir, He's still alive, but I think the reason I, I advocate for Scott so much is because he's doing something really hard. Like I look at my vision and I think it's a joke. And the reason I think it's a joke is because I get paid to do it. So because I can be a communication coach, I can make money for my executives and do this a lot more for free. Okay, but at least I'm, I'm paying my bills through my passion. Scott can't do that. It doesn't matter how successful his charity is, which is very successful now. He still has no leverage because he's a nonprofit. And I really respect that. So I would encourage people to, to read the book. There's a great quote I'll share, and it's by Pope Francis that I read in the book. And the quote is this. All it takes in the world to have hope is one person. 
and why can't that person be you? Thought-provoking. That's one of those ones you recited that quote to yourself a few times. Makes you think inward, go, hey, am I doing my part? And a lot of people will be like, no, I'm not. Right, no, and I'm serious. doing too, and we're doing too much. Maybe we should. And we're doing too much, right? Me and you right. vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but your what you do is so it truly is important, and, and I know we did get to talk about it, but you do a lot of coaching for executives, and we're talking about developing the next generation of leaders and them improving their communication skills. You work with people that run companies, multi-million dollar companies, and helping them improve their communications because they're going to stockholders and investors and trying to get more money. And they just can please give us some money because you did it last time. Uh, that doesn't work. What are we getting out of it there? You obviously are good at what you do on so many different levels. And I personally do appreciate you taking the time and sharing your knowledge, your expertise with not only myself, but also with our audience. I really appreciate Coach you. Thanks for having me. This is really a treat. Absolutely. Now, so tell everybody real quick how they can get in touch with you. You have a YouTube channel, right? Master Talk. You got it, Antoine. So two ways to keep in touch, but and great conversation, but thanks for having me. So the first way is the YouTube channel. So you go to Master Talk, one word, you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to speak that you can share with the young leaders in your community. Oh, that's free. And the second freebie as well is I do a free workshop on communication. And it's not just for executives. It's for anybody. So if you're an eight-year-old watching this, you want to jump on the free training, you can totally jump in. It's a live workshop I give every two weeks on communication. I do it over Zoom, and it's 100% facilitated by me and my business partner. So if you want to jump in on that, go to rockstarcommunicator.com, and I can't wait to see you there. Again, Brendan, thank you so much for your time. And I am Coach T. I'm, as always, I'm here to educate, support, and inspire the next generation of leaders. Until next episode, take care. Get your copy of Coach T's Sea of Success Guide to Preteen and Teen Success on his website, CoachT'sCorner.com.